0: virus every state here in the u.s has been spiking like crazy uh the cases are flying like crazy i know uh here in uh, westport connecticut uh it's been not as crazy but the the cases are still rising in other places and and uh, we gotta stay safe you know wear those masks wash those hands you know stay six feet apart uh social distance all that good stuff as well as guys i want to give a quick uh thanks to you guys the listeners for Just listening to this podcast, listening to the episodes, it really means a lot to me. I really do put a lot of time and effort into this show, and I really think this show is something special. And I really love getting the feedback from you guys. You know, we have a lot of cool guests coming on the show, a lot of great guests that have already come on the show uh, to tell their stories of of mental illness and their cool lives and their stories. We're gonna definitely get some more guests on the show for sure to tell their stories. But I just want to thank you guys as the listeners that support this show, and it really does mean a lot to me okay guys let's get into today's topic actually it's not really a topic it's actually a story today's a story day and i've been thinking about making this episode for quite some time Uh, a lot of work has been put into making this episode happen Uh, a lot of thinking a lot of uh, figuring stuff out uh, as well as a lot of courage and confidence uh, has been put into making this episode happen uh because this is a very special episode this is a very interesting and special episode Uh, this episode means a lot to me because this is my story of how i dealt with my ocd and anxiety um and i know if you guys listen if you guys know me you know i did a pod uh, i had a podcast about a couple months ago called travel in peace and i did talk about a little bit of my ocd over there on that show but it wasn't the full story i kind of gave i kind of gave you guys a glimpse of what it was like kind of what it was what i was going through but this is the in-depth story the real story the nitty-gritty if you if you want to say that about my story of ocd and anxiety and how i deal with it and how i have overcome this mountain that is ocd and i know i know ocd is a very common uh mental disorder and a lot of people have it so i you know i'm with you guys on that if you um ever need someone to talk to or someone to get some advice from about OCD or what, what's, what the symptoms might be or what it's like, you know, please feel free to reach out to me. I always like to put my, uh, you know, experience to use. So if you want to, I'll actually link my, uh, put my phone number and I'll put my Instagram at the bottom of this episode So you, in the description of this episode so you can um, ask me questions. You know, if you, if you have any worries or concerns or you just want to know what OCD is about, Feel free to contact me. So here we go. Get ready, get some popcorn, take take a seat, sit on your couch, lay in bed, whatever you want to do, because it's story time. Okay. So when I was in fifth grade, I was very big into eating healthy. I wanted to lose weight because I wanted to play soccer. I wanted to be on the Westport travel soccer team before going into middle school. And I really wanted to make the team, but I, I was a little overweight, and I had to lose some weight. So, in doing that, I started working out and eating healthy. I would uh, stay away from sugar and uh, soda, all the junk food, and I would try and I would eat as healthy as I could. And that's what I did all through uh, fifth grade. I was eating healthy and dieting and trying to lose weight so I could make the team for middle school for so when I go into sixth grade, I was on the travel team. And so I was not eating anything, you know, nothing, no, no sweets, no candy, no nothing. And at first I thought it was normal. I was like, Oh, you know, I can just, you know, eat healthy like this, and it's no big deal. But slowly, I started seeing a little bit of a a change. And seeing that I would never eat anything sweet, I would never eat anything you know, that had too much sugar or was like a soda drink, I would never do that. I would think it was really bad for me and that it was going to put me on a bad path, again, to being fat. So I totally cut out everything. I cut out all sorts of junk food and, and sugars. Then, summer, going into sixth grade, we were in Europe because we go to Europe uh, every summer to visit family in Spain and in France. So we were in Europe, and this was uh, late June actually, this is, uh, this is July, so early July, and we were in Comillas, which is my family's, my grandparents' house in the northern part of Spain. And everything there is, every all the food up there is very fresh, very, you know, very, very good. And when I was up there, I would still push the eating healthy. My mind was telling me to eat healthy, no junk food, no sugar, no nothing, no matter what no matter, no matter who offered it to me, no matter who said it was okay to have, I would say no to junk food. No, 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 no junk food. And I would continue to healthy and I was losing weight and I was becoming very skinny. Very skinny. Like I was at the point in Spain, I think at the time I was around uh, 100 pounds, maybe, maybe 95 pounds. And every time someone brought junk food, I would say, no, I don't want that near me. Take that away. I don't want that. Get that away from me. I don't want that junk food near me, and I would basically separate myself from people that were eating junk food if they had junk food. So I'd keep on eating healthy, and the summer, as the summer went on, it got worse and worse. So when I went to France to visit my grandfather in the southern part of France, we, my mother and I and my family, we went up there, and my siblings, we went to France, and I would not eat anything sugary. At this point, if someone was eating something sugary or junk food, I would actually walk away from them and sit somewhere else. I would literally walk away from the someone eating, a family member eating sugar or some sort of candy or something uh, not good for you and walk away. So that was the beginning of the OCD, but I didn't know that. I just thought it was normal because I thought it was just, I was just trying to stay healthy. I thought this was normal. I thought this was just, you know, a, you know, regular, just got to stay healthy type of thing. So, uh, flash forward to beginning of sixth grade, first day of middle school, everyone's so excited, you know, we're in middle school, no more elementary school, we got, we got classes, we can, you know, feel like adults now somewhat, you know, kind of, you know, you know, when you go into middle school, you kind of feel like an adult, you're like, oh, you know, you don't have to be in the same class for the entire day. And usually it's supposed to be a happy day, it's supposed to be very exciting and very fun day where you're like oh here we go I'm going to meet new people I'm going to meet new friends all this great stuff for me it was a very hard day and let me tell you why I woke up that morning and I had to take a shower because I did make myself clean I wanted to be clean I didn't want germs so this is where my my OCD really kicked in and it said if you go if you have anything dirty it has to be cleaned so I would take a shower in the morning for at least 20 minutes making myself clean then I would get out of the shower, I'd walk downstairs, I would sit at this dining room table that sits is still there today, this dining room table in this specific chair. I wouldn't sit with anybody, I wouldn't sit with my family, I wouldn't I wouldn't eat breakfast with my siblings. I would sit by myself in the dining room table, and I have to have a specific meal. And I I made sure my mom would clean would make, I'd make sure her hands were clean, that I would that she would tell me her hands were clean, that the food I was eating was clean, that if it wasn't clean, I wouldn't eat it. Alright? And so I would go to school and I would, you know, try to have as normal as a day as possible. But it was very hard because I would always want to go wash my hands because I always thought everything was dirty. I would would get would get up and I would leave class like 15 times to go to the bathroom to wash my hands because my OCD was so bad. That it was, it just kept it was, it kept killing. It just was, you know, a vicious circle, a vicious, vicious, vicious circle of going around and around. So I get it, I get up out of class, and I go up every like I we had like you know four classes in the morning, so I'd probably wash my hands around almost sixty times in the morning. Then lunch would come around, and I didn't want to be any. I didn't. I was so nervous of germs and getting you know, you know, sick or whatever. That I wouldn't even go to lunch. I would go sit by myself somewhere in the school. I would find like a nook or cranny. And I would sit by myself and I would eat my lunch. Because I didn't want to be near anybody. And I would basically isolate myself from everybody. I didn't want to be near anybody. I didn't want to be around anybody. I was scared that someone was going to give me germs. Or sometimes I'd go to the library. Or I'd go to my you know, go to the computer lab. I would just sit there and I'd eat lunch with myself because I was so scared that my mind was telling me all these negative things, all these bad things that if, oh, if you go near this person, they're gonna get you sick or this person's not clean or this person's dirty or this person's eating junk food and it's not good for you and it's gonna get you fat. So this was my first day of middle school and it just kept on getting more and more and more difficult. It was it was terrible. It was. it it, it was like I was being controlled. I was being controlled. My OCD was taking over my body little by little. And it was becoming noticeable. I became very skinny. I mean, we're talking, I was 60, not 60. I was about 75 pounds in sixth grade. In sixth grade, I was 60 is 75 pounds. That's, it's unbelievably small and very unhealthy. Very, very unhealthy. Because I was just eating, you know, fruits, veggies, and some protein, and, and maybe some pasta here and there. And that's all I was eating. And when I would get home from school, I would immediately take a shower because I was worried I was dirty. I'd go boom upstairs. I would take a shower for about thirty minutes, make sure myself. I I'd make sure I was clean. I'd walk downstairs. I would sit at the dining room table, and that's all. That's all. That's all. I, that's the only place I would go. That's the only place I would go. I wouldn't go to the back room, to the living room, to the office. Uh, into other people's rooms. I would just stay in the dining room and I'd do homework and I would sit myself and I'd watch TV. And this went on for two months or, or pardon me. Yeah. Or almost two months, a month and a half. And it got so bad. It was terrible. I mean, I had to take a shower before I went to bed. I had to make sure everything was clean. I had to make sure everything I was doing was clean. I, I wouldn't go near my siblings. You know, think about this. You know, your siblings are, you're supposed to be around your siblings and love your siblings. And, and you know, I was, I'm the I'm the oldest of my siblings. I, we have, There's three of us. I'm the oldest. And there's my brother and there's my sister. I didn't go anywhere near my siblings. I didn't talk to my siblings. I wasn't, I didn't want to be, I didn't want to hug my siblings. Same with my parents. I didn't talk to my, I mean, I talked to my parents, but I wouldn't, I didn't hug them. I didn't go near them. I didn't touch them. I wasn't any physical contact I was just scared because I was like I don't want to get you know these germs no germs no germs no germs no germs and this is what my OCD did to me so my parents brought me to this, this therapist in uh, in our hometown and she tried helping me but it was so bad I mean I would have a panic attack here's an example before the day we were going to go see this therapist someone left a dirty plate out and then gave me that dirty plate. And there was sugar on that plate. And the one at my meal had sugar on it. I had a fucking panic attack. You would think I was having a fucking heart attack the way I was acting. I was on the floor crying. I was, I was hyperventilating. I was my, my, you know, I was freaking out because of sugar, of sugar on my food by accident. It wasn't even on purpose. It was by accident. Sugar was on my food and it, Freaked, and I was literally like, "Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god!" I was having a, a series of literally a severe panic attack. I'd be calmed down by my my dad, who was you know, and I was crying hysterically, and it, it was just that's just how, overtaken by OCD I was. So I went to this therapist, and this therapist kind of helped you know a little bit, but she wasn't very good, and it just kept getting worse. I was going. Through, I was going so damn fast down this hill. I was snowballing. I was spiraling. Whatever. I was going into this black hole that, at, at some point, I was not going to be able to get out of. I mean, I, let me tell you guys. I was taking seven showers a day. I was washing my hands over a hundred times. I was. I wouldn't go anybody. I, I didn't hug my family. I didn't ki- you know kiss anybody. Didn't go any, near anybody. Had no friends. Was alone. Sat at myself at lunch. To try to make friends, you know at this time I was I actually made the soccer team by a fucking miracle and it was hard for me to play soccer I had fucking I would bring hand sanitizer everywhere. I went I would wash my hands during games I wasn't playing to my full potential. I was like malnourished. I was fucking skinny as shit I was basically pale as a ghost. You could see my rib cage. I was I was dying. I was dying And it was all because my mental state of mind was being compromised by OCD and so one day in late October, my mom and my dad seeked uh, be, like, help. They seek help from a therapist they knew in New York City. Because we used to live in New York City uh, back when I was young. And they're like, Gabriel, we need, to come. we need you to come with us to this therapist. So that morning, we, we woke up, we went to the city, and we went to this place called Child Mind Institute. It's in New York City. It's right in Manhattan, right near Grand Central Station. It's about seven blocks up uh seven blocks yeah north of of of, uh grand central terminal which is the train station we went there and you know i was sitting in the waiting room i was there my parents you know they went in first they talked to the to this therapist the psychologist and you know that took about an hour or so an hour and a half so i was just sitting in the waiting room i looked like a freak i I literally looked like a crack addict i was shaking i wouldn't touch anything i was like my hands were on my chest i wouldn't want to go near anybody i was you know looking everywhere, you would you would think I was a fucking, you know, 11 year old crack addict. <laughs> and, you know, so my parents came back out. And they're like, Gabriel, like to me, we we'd like you to meet Jerry. And Jerry is a very well known child psychiatrist, therapist, for kids that have OCD. So I went into his office with my parents, you know, and You know i told jerry and they told jerry everything that's been going on and he goes and jerry his name is actually jerry Brubrick, you can look him up child mind institute he's a phenomenal person an amazing person and i and he diagnosed me with severe very like severe severe ocd which basically meant my mind in the span of six months so beginning of summer until like you know october november was compromised by something in my brain. I was basically, uh, I it was basically if, if you if I'm kind of putting it a metaphor term, I was basically, I basically uh, you know my personality that I you know that I'd had until I was about ten years old just died, and then I had it. and then this new personality came out and this whole thing I was basically cover it was just it was like two different people. You know, imagine if like I, you could clone, like that's what happened, identical. I just cloned two different people, two different people. And it was because my OCD was so bad. They had, had, they had taken over my brain and had basically just, it had taken over me. Every action, every emotion, every feeling, every uh, mental thought I had was compromised by this OCD. And so you know, when you're 11 years old, you're like, what? What is? What is this? What's going on? Like, you have no idea. You know, if you're older, you kind of understand. But if you're, you know, my age, I was, I was just in the middle school. I had no idea what was going on. I was so young. I was, you know, I, I was like, what is? It? What is this? What's going on? Right? What, what is happening right now? And so Jerry framed it in a way that made a lot of sense to an 11 year old. He said, basically, let's name your OCD. Let's 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 make it a person. So we named him Ralph. Ralph was my quote unquote, OCD. And we made Ralph out to be this person, this figment of an imagination this this fake person It was, it was, uh, you know, kind of just so I could understand as a kid, what what was going on, it was basically like there was a bully in my head. And this bully was so big and strong at the moment at the time that I was basically I couldn't do anything, I couldn't stand up for myself, I couldn't do anything. It was just he was just bullying me, right? So we spent three hours, my family, myself, and Jerry, in his office talking about what is going on in my head and what we can do to help me. So after three hours, my parents, myself, and Jerry, decided that I would come to New York City on the train with a parent, of course, three times a week for as many weeks as needed until we can go to shorter weeks well, maybe two times a week until once a week until once a month until once every two months, until eventually, I've calmed down and cha- and tamed my OCD. And at the time, I was very scared because I know what was going on. I thought something was wrong with me. And I agreed. I was like, Okay, let's let's do this. Let's let's figure this out. Let's figure this out. And right as I got home, back in Westport. You know, we take the train from New York, we take the train back home to Westport. And I, there was a sense of just, I can't even explain it. It was, it was just a sense of, I need to work. I need to, I need to go. I need to get back to my normal self, but I don't know how I was going to get there at that time. And I remember when I got home from the, from the city, from meeting Jerry, Usually I would have to take a shower. I'd have to take a shower immediately. If I went anywhere, this is like another thing. If I went anywhere outside of my house, when I came back, I had to take a shower because I thought I'd be dirty. I didn't want germs. I'd have to take a shower. Right as I got back from the city, I didn't take a shower. And usually I only sit at the dining room table. That's my spot. I didn't sit at the dining room table. I wanted to go sit at our, at our kitchen counter. I don't know what happened that day I don't know what happened in that meeting. I don't know what he said or what my parents said or what happened in my mind, that when I got home, I already was making improvements with my OCD. I was already starting to fight it. And that was the beginning of a long and treacherous and hard journey. From that moment on, I would go to the city three times a week with my dad and my mom. We would take the train in usually after school and we would go to the city. we get to the city around four or five. My meeting would be around 5, 30. And we'd have about an hour or so <clears throat> with jerry and then we'd come home and be around like eight thirty or 9 o'clock sometimes later because of the train times first couple sessions with jerry were very tough it was hard because it was basically i had to overcome my mind in such a drastic way that it was just it, it was it was scary for me it was hard and an example of this was I was very, you know, with the germs, let's, let's talk about the germs, right? I was, if my OCD would tell me if, if I touched any germs, or anything dirty, I would get sick immediately, immediately. And so what Jerry did, he said, Okay, Gabe, this is a this is going to be a lesson or experiments going to push you to a very uncomfortable place. But it's gonna be worth it. And it's gonna be very, very important for you. Jerry made me go around his office around the building or actually not around the building around his floor and I'd pick up trash pick up trash from people's desks on the floor below their desks on the chairs or under the chairs around their chairs around the desk and I put it in this trash bag let me tell you guys for most people that's like nothing it's like well some maybe some people like you trash but for some people that's like nothing for me I was shaking like a fucking rag doll I was about to cry. I was so scared because I was like, I can't do this, I can't do this, I can't do this. I don't wanna do this, I'm gonna get sick. It took me 30 minutes to pick up one thing, piece of trash. But little by little, piece, like one piece of trash after one piece of trash, I was picking up trash and not freaking out. I was doing it. I was overcoming my OCD. Little by little, little by little. It was unbelievable. So we went to Jerry for two months, three times a week. Every week, he would push me to a new limit that I never thought I could be pushed to. Little by little, defeating my OCD and coming back and finding myself the person who I was before I found my... But just, just coming back to who I was, being the Gabe that I knew I was before the society, the one that was happy and could go outside and not worry and, you know, was, was happy with life. So two months have passed. Actually, actually more. It's about two and a half months have passed now. Seeing Jerry three times a week. We're getting there, little by little. I'm feeling much better. But one thing that's really still stuck on me is eating healthy. As you guys know, I'm a soccer player. And I was huge, huge, huge into eating healthy. Like I was so big into eating healthy, it was crazy. I had not eaten let me let me let me really nail this down. I had not eaten anything sugary or junk food in over seven months. I was a twig. You could probably flick me across the room and I'd snap in two. Bam, like that. I would that's how small I was. You could probably flick me, you could probably throw me across the room and I'd break like a fucking like a glass bottle and so Jerry's like we got to get you back to eating normally or not normally but just 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 in a better in a better sense eating if so you can have energy and, and play soccer here's the thing is if you don't have energy you can't play soccer that's just how it goes that's why I was playing so poorly on my soccer team. It Was like I couldn't I couldn't play I was just malnourished and I had no energy and I couldn't run like you're supposed to be able to run for 90 minutes 80 minutes whatever and I couldn't run I'd run for like 30 minutes and I had like keel over and be like, I can't play anymore. So to get me over this junk food, you know, craziness idea of my OCD saying, oh, if you eat junk food, you're gonna get fat. Jerry, I went to the city, went to our went to Jerry's office, like we usually do Sat down. He's like, okay, Gabe, we're gonna go to McDonald's. I was like, what? Yep, we're gonna go to McDonald's There's one right down the street. We're gonna go get you a burger, some fries, uh, a soda, if you would like something to drink. And then, uh, apple, uh, fritter. And I was like, you, you, you crazy? You want me to go eat one of the most unhealthiest junk food, fast food restaurant things in that ever created, created, created and known to mankind. You want me to do that? He's like, yeah, we're going to go walk down there right now. We're going to get ourselves a nice meal and we're going to come back and we're going to eat it. I should know. He's like, we're going to eat it there. And you're gonna enjoy it. It's gonna be a great time, and you're gonna overcome this whole junk food idea. So we got up, we walked out downstairs, walked three blocks down, and during these three blocks, I was having a fucking panic attack, as I usually would, worrying about you know what's gonna happen. Why, I'm, like you know, my OCD was kicking into high gear. Put it, he really kicked it into sixth gear and was just like ramping it. And we got into this McDonald's, and got our food, sat down took me 10 minutes to take one bite. Once I did, I had the biggest smile on my face. The biggest smile on my face. Because I was like, Oh my gosh, this food is good. This food is like, I'm, I'm not, you know, gonna get fat just be, I mean, of course you're, if you're gonna get fat if you eat McDonald's every single day. But just this what just this one meal isn't gonna put me over the edge. And I Left McDonald's with the biggest smile and the most confidence that an eleven-year-old could have. It was unbelievable. And slowly over these over these next several months, I was becoming who I, who I know I am, the Gabe that was confident and could eat, and was an amazing soccer player and could be you know, with friends and hang out with people and all that type of stuff. And as the years as the as sixth grade went on. By January, I was eating at the cafeteria. I had I had made a great group of friends. I was sitting at the cafeteria. I was eating with them. We go to we go to recess. We would play in the playground. I was eating more. I had gained twenty pounds, so I was now up to about ninety five, hundred pounds, about one ten. I was on the soccer team. I was playing much better. I was still going to Jerry. I was still going, you know, to the city to make to just you know little to do the little stuff to make sure that. I could gain the tools and knowledge to understand what was going on, and if he and if my UC ever acted up, that I could figure it out. By the end, by the end of sixth grade, I was back to who I was. I was pulled out of this dark, dark hole where I was basically dying. I was pulled out into the light and back to who I was, even better, even stronger than who I was. When i went down that dark hole but it, let me tell you it took so much time and effort and hard work and times where i cried on the on the train platform saying i don't want to go screaming or i don't want to go back to new york city i don't want to go i don't want to go i don't want to go but you know what i pushed myself and i got on the train and my dad told me my you know my dad was like you had to get on this train because it's gonna it's for your own good and I, I know it sucks. I know it's terrible. I know it makes you feel uncomfortable. But it, it's how it's got to go because you got to get better. You got to get better. There were there were times where I went I cried my eyes out because I didn't want to go to the city. I was like, "Fuck this! I don't want to do this anymore. I'm tired. I'm done. Just leave me be." But I pushed myself. I pushed myself to no end. Where I was like, "I gotta. I gotta do this. This this is my this is my moral. Uh, just." I need, I need to do this. It's for my morals. I got to do this. And that's where, you know, I believe that's where my, my work ethic and grind mentality comes from. You know, when I talk, when ever talks about, you know, working hard and, and putting in the hours, like that's where that, that's where that stemmed from. That's where I, that, you know, that's where it gave birth is like, that's where I that came from for me is pushing myself to no end because I knew it was going to be worth it. And, you know, I did that in soccer, you know, I pushed myself to, you know, become the best soccer player I could be. But let me tell you guys, it was a dark time. I was, I was not like if if I even today, when I look back on that, on that, you know, that year, and that person, I was like, who is that? You know, I was, you know, my I was, you know, one shower away from being thrown into a psych ward into a psych hospital, because my parents were so worried. I was this close. I was, you know, you can't see my fingers, but you know, they're very close. I was very close to going into a psych ward and getting help from a psychiatric hospital. But my parents found this therapist, they found Child Mind Institute and they, and I worked my tail off to overcome this OCD, to control it, to tame it. And, you know, even today, I still deal with OCD, I still have it, you know, it's, a, it's, it's a part of me, it's a part of me, you know, as much as it's a negative, it's a part of me that 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 stays with me is going to be with me for the rest of my life. And, you know, I deal with it, sometimes it flares up, sometimes it's, you know, it comes up and it's like, boom, like, OCD, hey, I'm here, like, remember me? You know, some things trigger it and it's a, it, it really gets me going. Sometimes it puts me down in a bad mood and sometimes I get really anxious and I get scared and I get, you know, all this anxiety in my chest and I'm like, oh my God, like, you know, this OCD, you know, I feel like I can't control it. But, you know, then I take a couple of deep breaths and I figure out that I do have the tools to figure out that I can control it and that I can overcome it. But to, to get to that point, to get to the point where I am now, it, it, was, it was a... It was a grind. It took so much time and effort. And, and it was a brutal seven to eight, even nine months to get to where I was. I mean, if I showed you guys a picture of what I looked like, you know, mid, uh, sixth grade, you know, September of sixth grade, you'd be like, who is that? You know? you would be like, what in the world? That's not you. But yeah, it is yeah, it is. That's me, man. That's me. You'd be blown away. But that's my story. That's, you know, that's his, you know, I've never told this story to anybody. Actually, well, you know, I've told the story to, to some people, you know, my family know this story, my close friends, and, you know, they know that story. But I've never said this story out loud to be put out in public. But I think that this story and my story is so important, because if you are dealing with something inside it, whether it's depression, anxiety, OCD, yeah any sort of mental disorder or, or or illness go get help go get help because there is a, there is a way and there is a light at the end of the tunnel that you can see and that you can get to because there's people around you that love you so much there are people around you that love you so so much and speaking of people that love you i want to th- i want to go back to uh, the first couple of weeks that i was in therapy at in new york city at, at child mind institute um, this has to go back with the germ thing. So, you know, as I said at the beginning of this episode or kind of at the beginning, how I didn't want to be near my family, how I didn't hug anybody, how I didn't kiss anybody, how I didn't go near anybody in my family. I was sitting in the office with Jerry. It was Jerry, myself, my mom. And Jerry turned to my mom and he goes, my mom's name is Sophie. He goes, Sophie, what is the hardest part of this process for you? And my mom goes, not being able to hug my son. And she broke down crying because I haven't I hadn't given her a hug in over three months. And by the end of the session that night, I had hugged my mom and was not worried about the germs or, uh, you know, germs or anything, anything. I just hugged my mom, and I went home that night. And on the train, and I went and hugged my dad. And I went home and I hugged my brother and my sister. And I sat down with them. We hung out in the back in the living room, and we watched TV. Because there's people that love you and that are worried for you and that want you to be okay. There's people that want you to be uh, in a safe space. And as much as and as much as you feel that you can't, you're not like you can't do it. You can do it because there's people that that are out there that want you to be safe. That want you to be happy. And this is, you know, this is just my story. Everyone's got a different story when it comes to mental health or anything. But I want you guys to understand, it's like, if you have your story and you haven't told your story and you need help, reach, put, reach out your hand because someone's going to help you. Someone's going to grab that hand and pull you up and be like, I got you. I got you. Don't worry about, you know, someone being like, I don't know, I'm not going to help you. There's always someone there to help you. Always someone there to help you, and if there's not someone there to help you, then call me. As I said before, at the beginning of this episode, I'm I'm gonna put my phone number and my Instagram. So DM me, text me, call me, whatever, because I'm here to help you guys too. I'm here to I'm here for you guys because I know what I know what it's like to go through a dark dark time in your life and to deal with anxiety and OCD. I mean, you know, and to come back from that and to come back from that and to realize that. You know, when I when I eventually overcame my OCD or not, not overcome, but I beat my OCD, I was a whole nother person. I was so much stronger. I was so much more intelligent and, and mindful and caring and and understanding of this of this mental illness. Because, you know, there's a lot of people that walk around this planet Dealing with some sort of anxiety or depression or or OCD and they don't tell anybody and you can't see it because they're not saying anything but Inside they're dying and I want to be that person that helps you that 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 you know You can talk to that I can we can get help together You know because I got the tools and there's someone out there as include, you know, Jerry as I said Jerry's an amazing guy Jerry's got the tools at child Mind Institute or any therapist has the tools to help you become a better person and we can figure this out Together we really can because I know how tough it is. I know those dark times where you feel like you just lost the fucking plot. Where you're like, oh my goodness, what is going on? Right? Well, I'm here to tell you guys, there is a light at the end of the tunnel and it's waiting for you. If you're going through something right now, if you're having the hardest time, if you're just in the mud and you're just in this dark, deep, scary place, go out and reach to somebody call somebody, talk to somebody, call me, call your parents, call a friend, call a therapist, call whoever, because they will help you. You know, they really will. They will, I promise you guys that, I promise you. Everyone, if you're dealing with something, go out and get help. Call me, call a friend, call a family member and get some help because nobody, I nobody, nobody, nobody should be in a, in a sad and dark place. It's a very, very scary feeling. It really is. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening to my story. I really appreciate you guys listening to this story. This story was very hard for me to tell because I've never actually told the full in-depth story uh, out onto the public. So I really hope you guys enjoyed this and learned something. And if you are dealing with something mentally emotionally, whatever, get help, reach out to somebody reach out to me. I'm always here. I'm always here to help you guys. And if you guys need help with whatever, you just need someone to talk to you someone's, you know, you need someone's shoulder to cry on. I'm here for you guys. But with that being said, guys, take it easy, relax, stay safe, wear your masks, social distance, do all that good stuff, wash your hands we're going to come out with another episode next week as well. So make sure to tune in, uh, check out for that on my Instagram. Stay safe, guys. Keep on going with your dreams. I hope you guys if even this is kind of like a side note, if you guys are working towards a goal, keep on working towards that goal. Keep on grinding. And we'll see you guys later.